sleep, sometimes I think about it. But I knew that when I would be away and my cell phone would be tucked away, I would have a break from work. And then poor Marvin, I approached him and said, hey Marvin, while we're together on this work site, may I ask you some questions? You know, about God and about faith and about, you know, things I struggle with when I think about God and faith. And this poor man was probably supposed to also have a break from his job. <laughs> and I asked him really hard questions. I mean, I think they were really hard. Do you think so? Probably not, because you're so smart. And you're so... That's true. He was already sweating profusely. So I did give him a break from the hard labor and he had to engage mentally. But we had amazing conversations. I'm so thankful for it. And so my shout out is to the search committee when they were trying to find this man and they nailed it. So when we got on our site in Tennessee, and there probably were 10 to 15 different job sites. So there were a total of 80 volunteers or more, and they were from all over. So us from New Jersey, and some from Virginia, North Carolina, and other parts of Tennessee. And we all stayed together at an elementary school. And then we, every morning, we had a devotional in the morning all together and breakfast, and then we set out on our different sites. And we didn't see each other again until late afternoon when we all got back. So um, our site had the job of putting on a new roof and then fixing um, part of the trailer we were working on, and it included hanging drywall and doing other sorts of things. So... Um, as we're working on our site, we had we had just an awesome time. And because of the kids on our trip, and I shouldn't call them kids, but you know, they're some of them are 18 already, and but the young adults, they are absolute worker bees. We did not have to ask them to do one thing. I mean, it's really we didn't even have to be there. They jumped out of the vans. They grabbed their tools. They got right to work. We pretty much turned around like, what up? Okay. And they, they got on it. They set up the saws. They start, you know, they put on their safety goggles. I mean, they, we didn't have to do anything. Marvin and I sometimes just stood there and held the ladders for you know, safety purposes and looked at each other like, so um, what's going on? You know, where did you grow up? And, you know, we almost felt useless for a little bit which is why I asked some important questions. Um, we had such a good time. The kids are absolutely amazing. And obviously, they're amazing people. There's got to be something good in them to leave on a ten-and-a-half-hour drive in a van um, during the summer to give up their free time and go down there. So we know that there's good in them already. But then they show up. They engage with the homeowners. They work so, so hard. And you would be so proud, you'd have to see it to believe it, that they're incredible people. Um, we all learned so much there. I learned that a rooster actually does not just cock-a-doodle-doo in the morning. 
they do that all day long. And I never knew that, but I guess it makes sense because that's how they communicate. We had chickens, roosters, guinea hens running around all day long, which I found to be so charming and so much fun. It was great. We had the best time. And my big takeaway, Oh my gosh. I have so many great takeaways. Um, I really am thinking on what the big one was. This is a little embarrassing. Did I tell you that? I know. Yeah, the family was awesome. Our families were so great. They were so thankful. They wanted for nothing. That was one of the best parts. I'm so emotional that I was nervous that when we left there, I would be satisfied that we did some good in the world and we helped them and we made them safer, drier, warmer. Um, but then we left and they still had their struggles and you know we, we helped for a week, but then we were off and back into our own world. Um, but they were so they were so happy when we left. We all hugged goodbye. We all cried. But they they wanted for nothing. They were they said repeatedly they were so blessed. They needed nothing, and they were so thankful for what we did. And that was just such a pleasant surprise for me because I thought I would leave sad that we couldn't do more, but I didn't. I left happy. We helped. They were so satisfied, and there were people right behind us to continue the work that we had started. Oh, I know my thing. Thank goodness. <laughs> my takeaway is that Jack O'Malley is one of the best humans I've ever met. That is true. <laughs> so I had the pleasure of being with Peg in the car for a while one day. We had to run errands, get some medicine, so I got to spend good time with her. And she said to me, you know, Lisa, thanks so much for going on this trip. It's so great to have you. And, you know, she was complimenting everyone. I was no one special. And I said to her, no, Peg, thank you. This has been amazing. It was midweek. I, I loved every minute of it. I hope I can do this every year. And she said, no, really, thank you. It's a sacrifice. And you had to take time away from work and all of that. And I said, no, we are the lucky ones. Whatever that guy's got, I gotta get some of that. 
So I, uh, I proceeded uh, to go on a number of trips at Andy's uh, crying recommendation and uh, had been blessed as, as these trips have impacted me over the years. Um, just by way of an example, on a trip like this in 2013, I decided to ditch Catholicism and become a Presbyterian. And ten years into the gig, I'm, I'm pretty sure that it was the right decision. <laughs> even though, even though, um, whenever it like rains and thunders out there, I see hiding just in case that Old Testament God thinks otherwise. But anyway, I digress. Um, this trip, this year's trip, was no different. Uh, I, we, we got to meet a, a lot of great people. I got to meet a lot of youngsters, a lot of older kids. And uh, I'm happy to report that I now have a new favorite country song because of that trip. And it goes, it's Red Solo Cup. Anybody heard it? It goes, yeah, what is it? It goes, Red Solo Cup. I fill you up. Let's have a party. Let's have a party. Anyway, I digress again. Our purpose this year was to um, put a roof on a trailer for uh, Hubert and his family and to do some sheetrock um, and back addition in the place that our work crew uh, subsequently became known as Hubert's Man Cave. And, and I'm happy to report that after um, a week's worth of time there, there is a new roof on the trailer. And uh, Hubert, hopefully, is uh, enjoying his van cave because of the sheetrock work that uh, our group done. Uh, I, am, I was so impressed by the kids and the chaperones that worked on my site. Um, they, they, they would say yes to anything, did the job, and uh, it was really a remarkable thing to see. Uh, on these trips, especially by Thursday afternoon, you got a work team that's just humming. And this team was just humming. This the joint compound was going on the walls, the roof's getting them put up there, and you can almost feel the energy in this location as these minds are thinking about how to solve problems. And it was really, truly a privilege to be part of that. Um, the ASP's tradition at the end of the week is on Friday. All of the people who are there this week, that week, uh, will sit, in, uh, sit around in a big group. There were 82 of us this year, including uh, people from our church as well as people from uh, churches in North Carolina and Tennessee. And you just sit around and talk and speak to the crowd about uh, what your experience was that, that week. And as we're going around the circle, about halfway through, there's a woman from one of the North Carolina churches who, who tells a story about how on the job site, one day that week, a chicken decided to get into the back of their van and lay an egg. The chicken did that, laid the egg. So she's, uh, she's thinking about this, and she comes up with words of wisdom. And she says, you know what? God made chickens, and God made us. And she says, Chickens do what chickens do. Christians do what Christians do. And I thought about that for a while. And I said, wow. Um, and then it got me thinking again. Thinking to something Maggie Sell said in this room several years ago. About that place, there's places in this world that are thin places. Right, Maggie? 
There, the difference between the real world and the spiritual world is so close, it's palpable. You can feel it. And I found myself at that moment to be in one of those places. First of all, as Rachel said, the, the environment is beautiful. It's rolling hills. The mist comes over the mountains in the morning. In the evening, in the elementary school where we were, there's two or three acres of land, grass cut, and fireflies, lightning bugs, would come up in the evening by the hundreds and just do their lightning bug thing and flash over this whole, whole thing. And then I, I also realized I was in the group of 81 under other kindred spirits whose sole purpose in life that week was to do nothing else but to help others. You know, it's kind of like what chicken woman said. We were Christians helping, doing what Christians do, helping others. And then there's the words of the of youth. Kids that Sunday night couldn't even look you in the eye. By Friday night, they're espousing in front of a crowd of strangers the beauty of helping others and what a meaningful experience it was to them. And if that's not being in a thin place, then there's no such thing. Uh, it was truly a beautiful moment and truly one that I will long remember. So, here's my pitch. If you are a high school kid or a young adult, know a high school kid or a young adult, or wherever in high school or a young adult, come join us next year. Come join us at the end of June in 2024 and see if this experience will change your life like it's changed mine. In closing, I, I, I'd like to thank everybody who kind of allowed me and our group and the homeowners to, to have this experience. And it's, it's certainly uh, the mission trip uh, crew, Mandy, Larissa, Peg, who was handling all the paperwork. Um, a shout out to my wife, Peg, who kept us safe and motivated during the whole week. And I, I got a shout out to this guy here, Marvin. Um, the joy and the privilege being on the work site with him. This man is like an onion. You peel him back, and I found out that week that he has one of the most awesome country western playlists you have ever seen. <laughs> so come next year, and maybe you'll be able to, to share it. Um, I also want to thank this congregation because, because of your time, uh, your treasure, and your, your desire to see this through. Uh, you have changed the lives of a number of human beings. People in Tennessee, my life, kids' life, and for that, uh, I'm thankful. And for that, you should also, um, I also listen to Chicken Woman, because this church is doing exactly what she says. Christians doing what Christians do. So, thank you. of the hill, like in the mountains, 
they'd take like this insane road to get there every day. It was called the Snake. I think it was like uh, 300 something curves. Um, so it was a really wild ride to get there. But every day we got, we finally got to the site. We'd climb up this hill and then climb up, climb up the ladder um, onto the roof. And there's this gorgeous view. It's incredible. The Blue Ridge Mountains and the sky map right in front of you. The sky was just so expansive. It was just this amazing view. Um, so we started work by tearing off the old roof. We used some different saws um, and some pearl bars. And it was a lot of work, but we were able to make fast progress. So we finished the stage about halfway through the second day, and the ultimate goal of like our week was to give the homeowners a new rolled roof. However, we found out this is not what they thought they were receiving. They had been under the impression they would be receiving a metal shed roof. So this is like an entirely different project to get that roof on. So a shed roof required a frame to be built, whereas the rolled roof only needed some like plywood attached to the side of the home. So halfway through the day Wednesday, we came to a standstill. Standstill. ASC was offering our homeowners a rolled roof, whereas they wanted that shed roof, and they ultimately decided they'd rather have no roof than get that rolled roof. So the roof that we removed is on top of like, the mobile home's original roof, so this is like can I guess, but it was really flimsy, like it wasn't sturdy, and they got like this old roof in the first place because that roof was damaged, and, like it was not effective. Um, so everything we did was on top of that original roof. So we stopped our work halfway through the day Wednesday, covered the roof with tarps, and we left the site Wednesday afternoon thinking we wouldn't be returning. Um, and I felt like we'd done more harm than good at that point. Like we went there to give them a new roof, but instead, of, instead left them without one. Um, so even though we removed, even though the roof we removed was defective, at least it was a roof, so it was some purpose. Luckily, Andy, one of our group leaders, um, worked with ASP to ensure that we'd be able to give our homeowners the roof they wanted. So to our surprise, Wednesday, or Thursday morning, we returned to the work site, removed the tarps, and began working on their new shed roof. Um, although we did have a slight delay that day, we weren't even sure if that would work out because the supplies were taking a while to get there. But a great man named Michael Jordan showed up. <laughs> he comes to our work site I'm Michael Jordan, people call me Red, um, and he delivered all our roofs. He's actually able to drive in reverse, drive his truck all the way up this hill. Um, so that was really great. It was just like, that was one of my God's sightings, like having Michael Jordan come and help us get this roof on. Um, so the final two days required us to find like this new gear for work. We worked super hard the first few days, but we ended Thursday morning determined. Like we'd been through this whole journey and we just wanted to give this family their roof. Um, we were working with limited time, wanted to make the most out of it. So even though we didn't finish the roof, we ensured the family would get a function roof they wanted. We finished the frame to this roof and we'd help from another group, which was really great, just to be able to come together and like work with our peers on the trip. Um, because we had helped them a few days before, so it was really great, like the sense of community we got. But we ended up finishing this frame, and I showed a picture right before service this morning of what the group this week had completed. They finished putting up this roof that the family wanted. Um, but the feeling I had leaving site Friday afternoon was entirely different from the feeling I had leaving Wednesday. I understood why I wanted to go on a mission trip all these years. 
I felt incredibly fulfilled and like I had made a huge difference in someone's life. Yeah, so some people go uh, to ASP and become carpenters and roofers. I became a DJ, so uh, that's, <laughs> that's what I did uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I was asked to give a, a devotional talk, I think, on Wednesday morning of our trip, and so uh, I'm going to share the same thing with you that I shared with a larger group a couple weeks ago. And that is, uh, we stayed in this elementary school, and I noticed there was a little uh, poster on one of the walls that said, Think like a raindrop. Think like a raindrop. And I thought, How did, like, I was not expecting to find the Buddhist Cohen on an elementary school wall in Johnson County, Tennessee. But, uh, so I googled, think like a raindrop, what does that mean? And I found some, I, actually if you google anything you can find any number of things, but I, the one thing that was pertinent was a sermon that an Episcopal priest named Bernard Owens gave to his congregation after he had gone to ASP a few years ago, so what I'm about to say is completely attributable to him. Uh, but what he said is that he learned uh, the importance of thinking like a raindrop on his trip to Appalachian Service Project because raindrops go down. You know, They want to go down to the lowest place possible and they will seek the fastest and most direct and most efficient way to get to that low place. And if your living room or your kitchen or your dining room is between that raindrop and that low place, it will go there. It will go right through there. And that can be a problem. So much of what ASP's work uh, is to make homes warmer, safer, drier, is to persuade raindrops to take the long way around, to not go through your living room or through your bedroom or through your kitchen, but to go, you know, uh, into a gutter, down a downspout, and then, you know, out one of these pipes uh, to a place that's far away from your foundation or far away from your home. And so, in that respect, that's what thinking like a raindrop means. It means think about where the rain wants to go and persuade it to go someplace different. But then, uh, Reverend Owens in his sermon went in a different direction. And he shared a short passage from the Tao Te Ching in his sermon, which is an important work of Chinese philosophy. And so I want to share that with you now. The supreme good is like water, which nourishes all things without trying to. It is content with the low places that people disdain. Now, Shady Valley, Tennessee is not a low place geographically. Uh, it's about 3,000 feet higher in sea level than Haddonfield, New Jersey is. And so when we went to this place, we went up in altitude. But there is a sense in which Shady Valley and Johnson County is a low place. It's lower in average socioeconomic status than the rest of the country. It's lower in educational attainment than uh, is true of most of the country. And it's in Appalachia, which is a part of the country that I think is held in lower esteem by the rest of the country than in other parts of the country. Appalachia is not, you know, uh, Miami Beach. It's not New York. It's not L.A. But what I saw happening was God's love kind of bearing us to this high-altitude, low-income, low-esteem place. But that's why we were there. 
And we were there because God's love characteristically seeks out those low places and bears those who are in touch with God's love toward those low places. And you can see that uh, most supremely in God coming to us in Jesus Christ, who uh, in a few moments, um, Luke is going to lead us in the Apostles' Creed. He was crucified, and he descended into hell. Uh, And while these words are sometimes disturbing to some people who recite the Creed, I think that they are comforting and hopeful and inspiring, because it means that there is no place that God will not go to seek out those who are estranged and alienated from God, those who are hurt and hurting, and reconcile them to God, and heal them, and lift them up and strengthen them. So, uh, I think part of what it means to grow in Christian faith is to be borne along by that love that seeks out the low places, uh, and learns to be content in those low places. And the good news is that you don't have to drive nine and a half hours to do that. You simply have to be in touch with God's love, and open to the guidance of God's Holy Spirit, and God's love will carry you to those people and places who are um, in low spots, so that you can share with them, they can share with you, and together we can be raised up. We have one more uh, reflection to share this morning that is from Luke Wackus, also known as Luke 2, also known as the Deuce. So I want to call on the Deuce to come forward at this time, and then he'll be leading us in the Apostles' Creed. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Luke Bacchus. I'm one of the over 30 people that went on the mission trips this year. Um, I had many great experiences, despite how cliche this may be. It's like a completely different world over there. The people that we helped were so very appreciative, even of the littlest things. Seeing how, how they were great, so grateful and kind really changed how I was beginning to view things. I had many highlights during this trip, like meeting new people, having an amazing group, and making new members. But when our homeowner, Ricky, got a card from us, he was overjoyed. He was so thankful, that he, that before, and that was before he even saw the gift card for you. And it showed me how much more appreciative I should be. Since the trip, I've attempted to be more positive, have a more positive outlook in life. Before I went to Johnson County for the ASP trip, I wasn't thrilled with the thought of not having my phone for a week, but it made the week so much better. For all of you thinking about going next year, I strongly recommend it. It's be one of the best. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review this podcast so that we can reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. To support our ministry, go to www.haddonfieldprez.org and click on the Give tab at the top of the page. Grace and peace be with you.